Welcome to episode 24 of Lost in Immersion, your weekly, your weekly 45 minute stream about innovation. As VR and AR veterans, we will discuss the latest news of the immersive industry. Let's go, Fabien, Seb, welcome. So, who want to start today? I, I can start. Okay, let's go. Okay. Um, so today I want to uh, talk about an article of uh, someone we already uh, shared uh, content from before, which is uh, Karl Kutag. So he's a, a, an engineer who has worked for many, many years on uh, computer vision and the video processor and graphical and so on. Um, so uh, he has quite a, a lot of knowledge about what's going on, and he's recently been very interested into uh, VR headsets. Um, and we already talked about what he said about, uh, I think, the Apple Vision Pro uh, when he it went out. Um, and th the title of the, the, this article is, uh, he explained why he thinks that using uh, VR headsets, so he talks about uh, Apple Vision Pro thinks that it's similar for the Meta and basically all the current headsets is uh, he, he thinks that it's really, it won't work as a desktop a screen replacement. Um, so this is basically his message in uh, the article. Um, so when we talk about desktop screen replacement, we mean actually working in a VR headset with like multiple windows, uh, text, uh, email, um, I don't know, spreadsheets, all of this kind of uh, classic desktop work, coding maybe. Um, and so you, you have probably seen all these uh, images like, uh, let's see, these two images here. So the Meta and the Apple devices showing uh, windows all around you. And of course, these are like marketing images. Uh, these are not like actual screenshots from the headset. Um, and he goes very deeply into technical details, so uh, I won't go. I won't go into it. Um, but basically, there are two main uh, issues that he is mentioning. The first one is the number of pixels per degree of uh, vision. Um, and on top of that, there are distortions that are created by the lenses on top of the um, screen of the headset. So you can see a screenshot here of um, a virtual desktop in the Meta uh, Quest Pro. Uh, and when you compare this to, um, this is the screenshot of his uh, desktop. And so it's it's not visible here, but if you zoom on the images, you can clearly see that on the real picture, um, the text is really visible. It can clearly be seen, uh, but on the on the headset inside the headset, there are like distortions and color aberrations that make um, the same font size really difficult to see. So what he says is like, in order to be able to uh, clearly see something in the headset, we will have to scale up the fonts um, and therefore losing space. Um, so, 
uh, you can see the second distortion here, the second uh, issue, sorry. The distortion is uh, the on the top, you see the initial images and in order to be corrected, so you can actually see something vertical, they are like um, adaptations uh, and corrections that are made. And that leads to uh, uh, distortions on the font itself as well. Um, so that's basically it. He goes, uh, as I said, into very, very deep details about why uh, all of this happens. But um, so I'm curious to know what you think and if you have tried this. And so basically the message is like, yes, it works. Uh, you can see many windows in your headset and work in your headset, but uh, will the user do it? Uh, will it lead to like eye fatigue? and other things like that with things that you know headset weight and all of the other things that are a bit aside of this um uh, so yeah that's uh basically the main uh, issue that i want to to talk about um let's start with you said maybe yeah um i tried uh some sharing my screen on my oculus uh, quest pro and trying to work like that launching like unity or click buttons and it's very weird uh, i think there's also something about the interaction we are quite used to have a screen in front of us and the mouse to be precise on where we want to click and the keyboard accessible to to type um, if we look at the vision pro there don't uh, have an interface yet announced to, to interact with it. You can see your keyboard, Apple keyboard, but uh, or use your Mac. But um, I think that's uh, also a point on, on and why this won't work, uh, at least not as not uh, until we get the perfect interaction and interface and the perfect uh, rendering on screen. And I haven't seen the result on the Vision Pro, but um, if what he's saying is true, then yeah, if the font needs to be bigger, if the, everything that you display needs to be bigger in front of you, then it loses interest. So like you said, we will lose space instead of uh, gaining some. The only point will be that you will be able to use it everywhere, uh, even when you travel during your in the train in the without having other people looking at what you are doing that's a good point yeah yeah now what about you uh, guillaume are you ready to work in a headset <laughs> uh yeah that, that's uh so that's funny because we discussed about it with our with some of our of my colleagues at work and uh this kind of use case is very um People are really willing to to try that, uh, especially some people really like to have a lot of big screens before, uh, be in front of their eyes. So there are people waiting for this. Um, I, I, I looked at this article as well, and I was very surprised uh, first uh, that uh, the IPD or the, the pixel resolution of the Apple Vision Pro is so low. Um, because we don't really have information about the, the global resolution of the, the headset. 
but uh, for me it's very very low regarding what they want to do with the headset so maybe we'll try to we will have to wait uh, uh, to to see what it's really the, the the final resolution of the of the headset um, then we we know that uh, the quest pro is really not the best headsets to do this kind of tests uh, because it is known to be to have a poor ar uh, support and um, maybe we'll see with the quest pro, with the quest 3 if uh, the the um, improve this uh, this ar support and especially the the capability of reading text uh, i'm not sure about this because i guess the, the resolution is not that high either on the quest pro on the quest 3 sorry um, another thing is that once again it confirms our um, uh, the fact that the camera are not aligned with the user's eye and uh, we know that with the apple pro is maybe one of the worst one uh, because the camera is very very low uh, in a lower position uh, regarding the position of the quest pro for example so the kind of distortion that he's talking about would be an issue for Apple as well, and maybe even worse. Uh, so this is really not very encouraging for, for the use case that they, they are promoting, because this use case is basically what the Apple Vision Pro is made for. Um, so it's if it's the case, it's really risky from Apple to, to present it like that. Uh, so yeah, once again, we, we have information about this, uh, Apple headsets are not very, uh, reassuring about the, the final product, or maybe there is a final solution, uh, before it is, uh, released on market. And, uh, finally, the final point I would like to, 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 to talk about, uh, is that Tim Cook made, made, uh, um, an official statement that he is using is Apple Vision Pro headset every day. So I don't know what he's doing with this. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, why not? Uh, this is a marketing uh, uh, statement once again. But if you are doing this kind of statement, uh, I hope that your headset is uh, powerful or capable enough to 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 make it uh, something that is uh, worthwhile. Um, so more and more mystery about the Apple Vision Pro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Something I wonder is uh, so you talked about the position of the cameras on the on the Vision Pro, but um, so I think there are two issues there, right? There, there is the ability to read text on a real uh, paper, for example, and the ability to read text on a um, virtual window. Um, and I guess these two are maybe not linked. Um, if the quality of the, for example, on the Quest Pro, the quality of the MR is really low. So uh, the ability to read real text is even worse, right? Yeah, it's impossible, almost impossible. Yeah, you can't look at your screen and see in see in uh, pass through the, the the letter or the the document that is in front of you. Even the camera, the brightness and the and the color don't work properly. Same 
with your phone if you look at it it's completely it's too bright right away and you can see some shape of letters but you can't you can't really read it that's not feasible however in the headset in the vr experience when you look at a piece of paper or there's some text written on it there's no issue reading it Yeah, I, I, basically it confirms what we discussed about last week with the two prototypes uh, that uh, Meta is working on uh, with a very focal one for for you to have uh, this kind of different depths uh, of, uh, of screen for you to, to read and the uh, fly mode, I don't know how they, they call it, but uh, the fact that you have a... a a complete matrix of um, lenses for for you to be able to to see the the real world without any distortion. So basically, it confirmed that the the issue is still on, and they are trying to find solution. And uh, yeah, obviously, the Apple Vision Pro won't find the solution because uh, it doesn't seem to have this kind of technology. So uh, we'll see how the the mainstream public is uh, welcoming this kind of issue. Maybe they, they'll just find it uh, completely unusable, or maybe once again, the human uh, <laughs> human species will adapt to this uh, because uh, the Apple Vision Pro is so is so cool that you, you'll have to, tr to, to work that way and they'll find some, some way to adapt. But uh, uh, yeah. What, as you you can't you can't wear glasses with Apple Vision Pro. I, I hope that people won't uh, hurt their eyes. <laughs> and once you've been using the the headset for several weeks, you will have glasses and that you you can't use your headset anymore. Well, uh, jokes apart, uh, it can be a, a real uh, problem there. Okay, yeah. So. Um... I think that's it on that topic. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I can take over if you want. Um, so my topic was uh, about uh, a transparent screen that is now installed in uh, in the subway in Tokyo, where you can uh, speak to uh, to uh, in your language uh, in front of uh, uh, an attendee that is uh, answering your question. Uh, in your in your language and it translates directly automatically uh, to Japanese and same back so the the I will let you watch the video so what they are saying is that in in the subway Google Translate is not available because you don't get access to your uh, a network. Uh, and and so this is very useful for them to exchange with the people, get the right ticket to go to the place they want to go. Yeah, I, I wonder, Fabien, if you have seen that in, in Tokyo yet. Uh, I didn't see it yet, but I will... Uh... Uh, I wasn't aware that it was there, so thank you for that. I will uh, I will have a look. Uh, mm -hmm. So it's um, there. There are a lot of um, um, challenges that Japan is facing. Uh, of course, the language um, and 
the number of uh, tourists that is uh, really, really growing and increasing. And in that station, Shinjuku, it's one of the most difficult to find your way out. Uh, so I understand that the need for this type of, of technology and uh, I'm, I'm really curious to, uh, to, to try it, yeah. yeah. Mm. They but, say there is 11 languages that are available, so that's quite a lot. You're fluent in Japanese, so you don't need that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I, I will I will fake it for for the, for the test. <laughs> Some thoughts, Guillaume, about that? Yeah, I'm really happy to see uh, finally uh, a useful use <laughs> for these uh, transparent uh, or semi-transparent uh, screens uh because it has been on the market for quite some time and uh despite the fact of the the, uh, the yeah the global presentation for you to be able to see information uh through and transfer screens there there um, there wasn't any very good application of the screen uh in real life and uh, this one is very very smart uh, so uh, for having uh worked with this uh, LCD transparent screen, I'm very, very happy to see them in uh, something that is uh, useful for, every, for everyone. Mm -hmm. And despite that, yeah, if it works, they will have to, to put this uh, everywhere. So I hope they have the whole traction for them to, to make a bigger, a bigger project. But uh, yeah, very, very smart, very, uh, very cool way of uh, very good integration. And uh, I hope that uh, Fabien will do us a, a live re <laughs> live report with the, to to see if it works or if, uh, or is it just a, uh, once again a, a gimmick or but I, 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 it, it seems to be to be real and uh, I hope to to have your your feedback on that. Yes. Yeah, I will go try it. All right and. The other uh, subject I wanted to bring uh, is to another uh, in interactive VR experience that uh, I found funny. I didn't thought we were there yet and we were able to use it in that kind of use case. The, the use of uh, VR headset in, in slide. And um, they seem to have made the experience quite uh, great for the user, the, everything is clean before in a specific uh, case. And then you can select your ride depending on the color of the front part that you put on, on top of your headset. So I think there is an NFC tag that uh, protects the headset also in, in the case, but uh, allows to also select the ride that you want to do. So you can do multiple times the same slide, but it won't be the same ride every time. So if it, it make it funny and it's uh, amazing that they, they managed to bring that in, into a watery uh, environment, That's something that uh, the, the headset usually don't like. So I wonder if you've seen that kind of experience. Uh, I, I did one in Europa Park a couple of years ago, but it was in a roller coaster, uh, never in a, in, a, in a slide like that. 
I don't know. I don't yeah. Know. Yeah, I think we did the same one in Europa Park a few years back. It was really nice. Um, I just wonder how they, how does the like synchronization happens? Um, do, do, do they think like people usually all go at the same speed and they have like one set speed for the for the experience? So do they have like it synchronization? At the, at the beginning, they are just showing here the kind of laser that is looking when, when you go in the slide. So then I guess your speed is uh, kind of predetermined or maybe they have several uh, through the ride because depending of your weight, I guess you are going faster or slower. So I think that that's the way they do it, but uh, they don't explain that in the video. Guess that's their secret. Yeah. Looks really yeah, cool. Se seems to be easier to track the the kind of boat than uh, than the headset itself. So uh... we can see there the, the mm -hmm. sensor. So checkpoints or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, um, I, I'm, I'm just a bit curious of what the effect would be with this. Uh, I, I know this kind of water slide VR integration uh, has been on the market for quite some times, but apparently it's more integrated and uh, obviously more easy to use. And uh, uh, I guess uh, the immersion is better as well. But I am very curious to know what kind of uh, immersion or effect you, you you have in this kind of experience. Uh, you talked about the roller coaster, but uh, when you're on a water slide, I guess it's even more intense. Uh, because I guess your your brain is completely overwhelmed with the sensation between the water, the movement, and the VR. Um, I guess you you... I don't know how you, how you can manage to have all this kind of information at the same times. And uh, the other question I'm asking myself is what, what the point in this, because you are, well, your experience, you're here for a water slide and you are not living the water slide experience. You are doing like more a roller coaster one. So I'm, I'm not that convinced about the, the experience. Do I really want to have a VR headset while I'm uh, sliding in water? I don't know. Uh, what was your uh, global experience feedback with the roller coaster one? Do, do people like this experience or it was just like a one time experience and then I, I go back to the roller coaster one? Uh, I think it was like five years ago, but it was a <clears throat> nice way to explain the same ride a different way. So you, you can do it without VR and, and choose to redo it once with VR. And now they even have at Europa Park, I didn't do the, do the experience yet, but now they have a different in onboarding place for mm -hmm. the same roller coaster. And depending on where you, you do the queue when you onboard, the experience is different and you, you go on to another ride. So you take the same headset, the same ride. You don't start at the same point. 
that you experience a new story around that. So I think it was nice. Now there was the effect of the wind, the effect of the of the ride itself. No water, and here I, I wonder, like you, uh, how does it feel to have a sensation that you get in real, but you don't get inside the headset because they don't reproduce the water in the headset. Mm -hmm. I guess that will mess a bit my my mind also uh, during the, the ride. Yeah, I, I hope they don't have uh, the throw throw up uh, throw up effect uh, <laughs> too often because if you're on a roller coaster, it's not that. Uh, is that much of a problem? But well, if you are in a water coaster, you have to close the whole thing <laughs> to clean that up. So I hope they, they don't have this kind of issue uh, too mm. often. Uh, one, one thing is, uh, it's not ending in a pool, right? It's more like a, like a water slide. Mm. Um, I think, but um, Back to the roller coaster one, um, I at Europa Park five years ago. We, we did that at, at the same time. We said um, it, I was actually very impressed by by it. Um, the especially because everything was really well synchronized. Uh, so like the loops and the turns and everything, it was really really matching the, the movements of the body and the movements in VR. Uh, and it's really, really, uh, uh, it was really a great experience. Like, you know, you start on a, vir on a virtual train and then remove the, the, the rails. So you start to fly. Uh, so the, the, the feelings was really good. Mm. Um, so I hope and, it's the same in, in there. And we experienced two things, two different things. One was fully uh, in 3D and one was a, a 360 record that they, move you to forward uh, in sync with the with the train and yeah the two experiences were, were great i was preferring the 3d experience because it was more interactive like fabian said they removed the rails at one point so you were feeling like you were flying and especially on the when you go high and then down quickly what what is the, the effect name fab airtime airtime yeah when you have the, this kind of effect where you, you feel that there is no gravity anymore, that's where they, they choose to do some effect, uh, specific effects. So it was, yeah, it was really announcing the, the experience or at least making it different than the real one. And because I have a lot of, uh, I did a lot of, I, I tried a lot of uh, roller coaster and VR and I was very sick of that. I was kind of afraid it will do the same, but the synchronization they had over there and the fact that your body experienced the same effect that what you see inside the headset, is just the, the perfect uh, feeling. That's really uh, the best immersive experience I've done, I think. Nice. Okay, look, uh, so anything more to add about this water slide experience? Okay, so I'll go with my my subject as well. Uh, here. So uh, for today, I would like to talk about this new trend, uh, which is all about NPCs, AI NPCs, in fact, 
Um, uh, I, I've seen that in the in the past weeks, uh, there's been a lot of companies or uh, that are proposing uh, asset NPC AI assets for Unity. So there are three of them, uh, to my knowledge. Uh, I tried two of them. Uh, you can find them on the Unity Asset Store. Um, the first one, maybe maybe uh, this one. So there are the the, the two that I tried is uh, the one made by Convey. Convey, I don't really know the pronunciation. And the other one is uh, by Inworld AI. Uh, they are basically working the same way. Uh, meaning that you have the asset that you can integrate uh, directly into your Unity scene. And uh, after that, you have to configure your uh, characters and uh, also uh, the, the, the role of how the, the character is behaving inside the, the web platform that they, they developed. Um, just so to, to begin uh, between those two, between the convey and the uh, in-world AI one, I really prefer the, the convey one uh, just for you to show. Uh, so this is a dashboard for convey and this is a dashboard for, uh, let me see here, the dashboard for in-world. So, Basically, how it works is that you you are linking, you are creating an account. Uh, you have uh, an IP key that you are copy paste inside your Unity, and once you've done that, you can create and customize your characters inside the web-based uh, interface. So, you have some simple characters here. Uh, just and how it works. Uh, this is very uh, surprising because all the avatar from one solution to another, is, they are all based on the Ready Player, uh, Ready Player Me. Uh, so I'm very surprised to to find out that the this company Ready Player Me is really uh, spreading its uh, innovations through all the the metaverses and applications that are using avatars. Because they are, they have uh, some kind of partnership partnership as well with VR Chat, and they, I, I heard that they all also have their own AI solution. Uh, so just knows why it's not working. I don't know. So basically, when you are creating your your own avatar, you have this Ready Player Me. Um, plugging and you can customize your 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 character as you want you, you can see the the 3d rendering of it uh, you can name your characters choose a voice between a full set of uh, digital voice uh, that are very they, you, this is, they don't have much of artifacts like uh, some artificial voice here you can hear and uh, after that you you can uh, describe the character's backstory, meaning what kind of role is this uh, this character will be uh, answering to. And this is a fun part. In fact, the the, the pricing uh, strategy for those companies is based on uh, this character's backstory, meaning 
the more words or information you will have as an input, the more you will have to pay, which is kind of smart because uh, they are uh, providing us with a simple solution for us to try. You, you can use, uh, you, you have 2000 words for the, for the free one. And then you can try here uh, using the microphone or directly with the conversation. Uh, just, uh, sorry. And the, the which the, the, the fun part about, about this is that the, the answering process, oh, because, uh, okay. The answering process is not that long between the, the, the question and the, the, the answer. And it is uh, the same when you are using it in Unity. You can access the microphone. You just have to press uh, the space bar or whatever button you, are, you, are, you want. Uh, you're speaking freely. You have the speech to text uh, feature and uh, the answering text to speech from the avatar. And um, the delay that I found on other previous solution is not there anymore. You just have less than one second uh, between the, the question and the answer. Uh, so it's really well integrated. And, um, and once you've created your characters and, uh, and so on, you can, uh, you, you can directly uh, download the avatar and the character inside Unity. You have a, a specific plugin uh, that they made. So really nice uh, solution, very well integrated. Uh, I don't try this uh, as much as I would like to because I I, I, I didn't try the to 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 make some errors or uh, weird behavior with the avatars yet. But uh, even if you have this kind of very small backstory, uh, the avatar is is well the ai is really well answering uh because you have the whole ai experience plus this backstory so even if you you are not very precise about this backstory uh if you are asking what color the avatar he like the most he can answer this uh completely naturally um so very very interesting to for you to have this kind of uh, ai npc very quickly integrated in your Unity scene. Uh, they also have a WebGL uh, support, which I really like, uh, because for me, this uh, WebGL or WebVR um, way of doing is uh, some kind of uh, the future, or maybe there's a way to get us to, to, um, to some kind of metaverse at some point. Uh, so yeah, very, very interesting. Uh, one just one tips for you uh, if you want to try these uh, do not uh, get this through the asset store uh, you'll have to download them directly on the website uh, because for some reason the asset store one is not working you have some errors and the plugin is not installing correctly so maybe it's on my part but the only way I, I made it work is through the to the official website. Uh, and this is a method that is presenting when you are doing the tutorial as well. So uh, just for you to know. So wh what do you think about this, guys? Um, so it's very interesting indeed about Ready Player Me because I've seen that they are also doing a partnership mm. with Ace Wall. 
in the in the in the A4 SDK, you can have the Ready Player Me uh, avatars. Um, and yeah, it's it's really interesting. Do do you know what uh, if they have their own AI? Uh, or if they are using like OpenAI or maybe uh, the, the open source Facebook uh, Meta one. Um, uh, I, yeah, continue, please. Yeah. Um, uh, recently, a few weeks back, uh, OpenAI, I did something that uh, I think will really help this kind of thing is context. It's exactly what you described. So you can add a context to the chat basically and the context is always applied to all the answers or the questions or the chat um, so that can really help uh, driving forward pushing forward the, this type of technology and and really curious to to see uh, when that gets used um, and how it will be, uh, how, how successful and how accurate it will be. Like if you won't get some weird behavior. Um, but yeah, um, really cool. On my side, <clears throat> on my side I wonder how it, uh, like, like you said, uh, you, you can ask what is the color of their eyes or what is their favorite color to the NPC. Does it go into their history? So if you ask again at the, to the same NPC, like one week after having. Yeah, I guess this is uh, some generic. Uh, uh, oh. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, guys. I had uh, internet uh, disconnection, so I'm back. <laughs> yeah. Um, we we were asking. Do you know if there is kind of a history 
uh, like if you give information to the oh, avatar. Oh, if it's so learning from what you, you've talked and uh, then feeding the data set, I don't know about this. Uh, apparently, some people are saying that it is based on a chat GPT-like, uh, but there is no mention about OpenAI uh, itself, so I, I'm not sure what they are using as an uh, AI uh, engine behind that. Mm -hmm. But I would guess that as every company that is doing AI now is using your uh, input as a as a feed for for the AI engine, so I guess they, they'll be learning from this from this, so just to to get more information and make it better on the longer term. So uh, my guess would be yes. <laughs> But yeah, just uh, another thing is that when you are downloading the asset, they are presenting a very nice uh, avatar. Uh, this is not what you get when you are downloading downloading it. It's uh, just for you to 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 be uh, this. No, either this is the really the the Ready Player Me avatars, which are more cartoonish, and uh, this is my next. Uh, goal is to make one of my 3D scan avatar work with this. Uh, so uh, I, I'll keep you uh, updated with this. Uh, but yeah, you, you don't have this kind of meta-human-like avatars. You, you will have to work <laughs> to get this at some point. And I guess it is more the, the maybe the Unreal integration that you, you we, we are seeing here and not the Unity one. It feels like more uh, Unreal vibe uh, behind this. So yeah, do, do you have anything more? And just yeah, for to complete, uh, just make sure. yeah, the in-world one is more um, a global AI conversational uh, application. So it, as you can see, the 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 whole interface is less oriented towards uh, Unity or Unreal integration. It's more global ones. It's why I, I'm not liking it that much. It's harder for for you to to be able to integrate. But on one on the other side, it seems to have more uh, features or control over the avatar. So this is something that I, I'll have to 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 confirm at some point. Uh, their tutorial. Uh, are way more precise and maybe longer. So if you are in a hurry, I guess the convey one should be better. And maybe this one, if you you have to be to have more in-depth control at some point. And there is, as you mentioned, there are there is a, another one made uh, by Ready Player Me uh, uh, as a whole. So uh, uh, maybe I'll try to 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 get this one as well. Okay, so if you don't have anything more to add, uh, are, are we okay with this for today? Yeah. Yes. Okay, so yeah. it's a wrap up. So thank you for, for all this uh, very cool, cool information and we'll see 